Pornhub. Pornhub. The Pornhub Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Pornhub Podcast. I'm Asa Akira, your host, and today is... Today's guest is our favorite sex therapist, Dr. Lori. Uh, She has been on this podcast before, but today she's back to answer more of our questions. Um, Dr. Lori is a clinical psychologist that specializes in sex therapy. She runs Pornhub Sexual Wellness Center, which is an amazing site dedicated to informing the public on all matters, love, sexuality, and health. She does weekly Q&As along with articles and videos on everything from basic sexual anatomy to the latest in sexuality research and how to navigate and build relationships. Today, we specifically asked Dr. Lori about dating in the modern age with new technology, new and improved rules around consent, and ever-evolving social standards. Uh, What are the new rules of dating? How do you make a perfect online dating profile, and how can you tell what a genuine profile even looks like? How does one even make the first move without seeming like a total creep? Um, All that and so much more, Dr. Lori was kind enough to squeeze us in between seeing patients, so I hope you enjoy. So I don't know about you, but like I feel like most people in my life recently that are single or dating are usually like meeting people on like kind of through the dating apps now. That's been a while already. Yeah. But yeah, that's something that, (laughs) that I think even when I, well, no, I won't, I'm aging myself because that didn't (laughs) come about when that wasn't around uh, when I was dating, but soon after, you know, it, it started to be the thing. But at the very beginning, when all this came out, the online dating stuff, Mm-hmm. Everybody associated it with, oh, it's for losers. It's totally. for people, right? It's a, it's crazy. And now you can't find a person who doesn't use apps to 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 meet people. Not only not only is it like you can't find a person that doesn't. I almost feel like you have to be on the apps if you're going to meet yeah. people nowadays. You have to be on the apps, like, or else it's like, what are you going to do? Sit in your living room and hope someone shows up? Like, it well, really is. That's the problem. The problem is people are not getting out of their homes. And if you look at the statistics today, do you know that the younger generation are having less sex than any generation before them? Why? Because they're sitting behind a computer and they're not leaving their house and they're not getting engaged in the community. So where are they supposed to meet people? You, you know, there was a time when you would go to the office and there would be a hundred people at the office and maybe you'd meet somebody at the office that was interesting, but now you're on zoom meeting people. It's just not, not nearly the same. So you have people working from home constantly on the computer you just get a a little lazy and it's like, oh, don't feel like going out, whatever. So you stay online, boom, 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 meet people online. Like there's, what I'm worried about is that we're going to lose our social skills. You know, it's like, how do you develop social skills if you're not actually meeting people? (laughs) I kind of, I mean, like, I feel like I kind of already, one, see that in people and two, feel that in myself a little bit. I I find myself being a little bit more awkward in person as time goes on. Like, right. But, but I'm also wondering, like, totally we're more, we're home more. Right. And, and we're behind the screen more and all of those things. But also I feel like 20 years ago, we were so horny that like we would find a way to meet other people to have sex, right? Like, okay, but as we're 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 horny, we're just jerking off more. Like that's jerking off. <laughs> Porn is too accessible. <laughs> that's right. Click. Like it's like I'm hungry. I'm not gonna bother to go out and and make dinner plans. I just order up a quick meal, you know, and that's really what it's about. So we're not, what's going to drive us? I think the only driving force is our willingness to want to be intimately connected with someone else. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, it's possible. Do you feel that it's possible to be intimately connected to someone virtually? Because I actually 
I think I do because like some of my closest friends in the world, the main way we communicate now is like through group chat or like in a WhatsApp, you know, chat group or like, and, and these people are like all across the country, spread out across the country. And I feel like really intimately connected with these people on like a friendship level. Right. I'm wondering if like, is that just like enough? I do think it's possible. Don't get me wrong. Like with, especially during the pandemic time, we all discovered and myself included as a therapist discovered that I could be effective online, that I can make a connection with people online and that, and that it can work. Right. So I do believe you can make connections online, but in dating, it's very different because you, until you see the person and feel the chemistry with that person, they are an idea. They are like, mm-hmm. it's like you can be, we can have a great intellectual connection and then we see each other and something's off, you know, mm-hmm. your smell repels me or your the kissing is awful or I don't know, something is missing. Uh, so there's the fantasy part and then there's the reality part. So I think people should meet really early on. I I think it's a mistake. I think it's a mistake to spend months developing a relationship online with somebody to then meet in person and maybe be very, and it was nothing. Exactly. Right. Or like, you're just really great pen pals. Yeah, exactly. Like you make a great friend, but you know, that's about it. Right, right, right. So I kind of wanted to talk to you about like, so like, as we said, like online dating isn't this new thing, but it, I think we're still in a place like universally where it's new enough that like the rules are changing and we kind of like don't really know where we're at. Also, the world is changing so much. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, conversations around consent look really different now than they did 10 years ago, five years ago, two Mm -hmm. years ago even, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. we're way more in tune with all that stuff now. Um, And And I think rightfully so, obviously. Absolutely. And and that's also true of people, not just dating, but in even in relationships and in marriages. I was just having this conversation with a couple where the wife was complaining that the husband was very gropey every Mm -hmm. time, like they were, you know, all she wanted was a hug and he, you know, would go for her breast or grab her ass. And I said, "Do do you ask her for permission? And he was like, I need to ask my wife for permission to touch her boob. And I said, yes, because over time to her, it feels aggressive. It feels assaultive. If yeah, she's it's not, a violation. If she doesn't like it, then it is a violation of her space. And so, yes, even if you're married, it is something that you need to to talk about. And, and yes, consent, you know, you obtain it in different ways, but it's still, uh, it's a conversation. Yeah, that's a perfect example, I think, of how like our our way of thinking is really evolving because that I remember hearing um, the even the term marital rape. I remember hearing mm-hmm. that for the first time maybe like a decade ago. And I remember thinking like just my initial reaction was like, what the fuck is that? Like once you're married, of course you've given your consent. You've given this person like unlimited consent forever. And that was like the automatic way of thinking, right? And obviously now we know that is so wrong. We still have bodily autonomy, you know, forever. But it's But the thinking, but Asad, interestingly enough, you have some men who think that if you're my wife, I have a right to your body. Right. You understand? So it's that same thinking that that says like unlimited, you know, it's like I'm getting married, then I have an unlimited supply of sex. Exactly. Unlimited access to your body. And right. of course, that couldn't be more wrong. And if you talk to uh, couples who have that, that level of dynamic and you talk to especially the women, let me tell you, that is not okay with them you know? Totally, totally. And like, I think, you know, much in the same way, like I think for online dating, like the rules, I I feel like there's so much unspoken stuff that like we don't really know. And I think that's why 
you know, it, it, I think to some people it might sound really obvious, but then on the other hand, like, I mean, we are getting unsolicited dick pics every day. We have, you know, like people in our DMs, like talking to us so rudely. And I don't think they even know some of them, maybe yes, but some of them maybe no. Like, I, I think we haven't like really found our footing on all this stuff yet. So, so like that being said, I think the first thing I want to ask you is like, like what is the right way to even initiate a conversation online? Like whether it's a dating app or a social media app, and maybe those are the same, maybe they're different, but like, Mm -hmm. what is the right way to like initiate a conversation? Like is saying like, Hey, with an emoji, is that enough? Like, or is that considered like rude? Like, because it's so like, you can send those to like a hundred different people at one time. Exactly. I think if you look, if, if you're, you're that person wanting to meet up with someone. There's a million other people wanting the same thing, or let's say hundreds or whatever. So you have to stand out. What's going to make you stand out is something that you noticed, right? Hey, I noticed you love your profile says you love the Beatles, you know? Oh my God, I love, you know, whatever. and, And find some level of, of interest. So show the other person that you did more than just go, Hey, liked your picture and that's enough, right? right. I read your profile. Uh, you sound awesome. I love the way your eyes twinkle. Uh, your smile really got me. Your sense of humor in your profile is what is, you know, what made me click on you. Things like that. So I, I personally, I'm not a big fan of just the swipers, like just, just the, you know, picture and age. Like to mm-hmm. me, that doesn't give us much information. I think we can get very creative when we have space to write out some things that you're interested in and, mm-hmm. and maybe connect. And then you can say that a no, great opening lines is when you've read their profile, when you've really read their profile and you say, oh, I noticed you love going to movies. What's your favorite movie or what's the latest movie you've seen? Something like that. There's no so like right customize or wrong it. way, but customize it. That yeah. shows that you pay attention and it shows that you haven't sent out your hate to a million other people, right? It just says, right. oh, he's paying attention or she's paying attention. And like on the reverse side, like what would you say? I, I think, you know, a lot of times like I'll see, you know, a friend's dating profile, especially guys. And I'm like, oh man, this is like, this is all wrong. <laughs> I hope you help them out. Like they need to hear from the women on the other side. Like this isn't going to attract, like you're not going to be so successful with this, you know? Yeah. But like, and, and, you know, I think a lot of that is also just kind of instinctive. Like I think sometimes I see a profile and I'm like, oh man, that is all wrong, but I can't even necessarily pinpoint why. Um, Or maybe, maybe it's just like, oh, this series of photos is very bad. Like what? I guess, like, the question is, like, how do you make a profile that is, like, what is the perfect profile? Or is that not a thing? Like, does it just have to be authentic? Or uh, Well, there you go. The, the authenticity of it. If you're already creating a profile with old pictures of you or doctored pictures of you, what's going to happen when the person sees you in real life? Uh, mm-hmm. and you don't look at all like the glamour shots that you posted, right? So you want more action photos or, or photos of you in nature or pictures of you doing something that you're interested in, or but they have to be authentic and they, they have to come off as sincere, not mm-hmm. you trying to be someone else, you know, or just showing your very best self um, all made up when you're not used to wearing makeup. Like if, if you're not a makeup person and you don't like to wear everyday makeup, why would you post a picture all done up? That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. I also think like, I mean, I guess like even in like real world, you know, not virtual, like just, you know, like going to a bar and meeting Mm -hmm. someone dating, like I feel like, a lot of it is a lie anyway. 
Does well, you're sense? not wrong. We're always like, presenting our best self. And, well, and the, sometimes yeah. our best self is a stretch, right? <laughs> well, you're. it's true. Like, listen, especially women when it comes to makeup and things like that. And you'll have guys who don't want to be with women who are heavily made up. You sure. will have guys who will say, no, I like, a, a, you know, a plainer or not so made up girl or whatever it is. And that's just a, a by preference. Obviously we present our best self. Do you want a guy coming on a date in sweatpants and, uh, and, and running shoes and a dirty t-shirt? No, like that may be how he dresses at home and how he likes to be every day, but you want a person to put in some effort. So it shows a little bit of effort. It's just that you want, if you're going to show the glamour shot, like you can show the picture of all made up, this is what I look like. And in nature, this is what I look like. Right, right, right. You know? <laughs> like this is me on a 10 day and this is me on it's, a regular. Yeah, I love that. Like at least that's honest, right? At yeah. least that's honest. And you don't like this, what I hate more than anything is people who lie, right? So they, mm-hmm. in their profile will say, guys will say, oh, I'm five foot eight and they're really five foot five. Like, why would you do that? The minute somebody meets you, <laughs> they're going to know and you're starting off on the completely wrong foot, which is, I can't trust you. You're already a liar, right? Right. It's like saying, uh, yes, I'm, I'm whatever. I'm 50 pounds. If if you show up and you're 50 pounds heavier than what you say you are, that's the same thing. Even though you're hoping that somebody will like you for your insides, you do not go about it in that way. Is that like, I mean, yeah, I guess that's like a certain level of catfishing in a way. Well, not, a not little so bit. much catfishing. At, well, mm-hmm. it's false. It's false. It's a false. You're already starting on a lie. That mm-hmm. is does not bode well for a good outcome when you are starting off on a lie. Right. And like, okay, like let's say you're on these apps like looking for a real relationship, right? Like, let's say you're on one of these things, or I shouldn't say a real relationship because it's not like real. Well, like a committed, like you want anything a real relationship. Yeah. But yeah, like, let's say you're looking for something long-term. Right. And serious. Like, are, do you feel like, are there like things that you should have in common with a person Yeah. if you are going to be successful long-term or is it just like, a vibe like are there these like key no. things that you should check off like we need to ha- be on the same page about like xyz or else it's just like not going to work out well it's not that look it's very compatibility is important for long-term success but even if you're incompatible in certain ways if you're willing to work on it and you're open to compromising and you're open to communicating then you can work through that incompatibility yeah. The only place that it's hard is if there's no chemistry, you can't just like, you know, manufacture chemistry. Like you still need the vibe, right? So there's, the a, there's like number one. Yeah. Like, well, it's, it's hard to, ha- you can be connect on many other levels, but without the chemistry or at least giving the chance for that to evolve to some degree, um, you, then it's kind of forcing something in a way right. that, that may not work, but yes, sharing sharing common values, sharing, um, um, the way, the way you see the world kind of in mm-hmm. the same, in the same way, you know, um, uh, appreciating each other's differences, appreciating mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and both giving each other space. For example, mm-hmm. you want to be able to, to both value individuality space, um, you know, if one person is too needy and the other person likes their space, like that's an incompatibility mm-hmm, with that, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So that kind of thing is, uh, are, are very important. So, uh, you know, how you resolve conflicts, how you communicate together, uh, your openness to communicate, your openness to sharing your insides with the other person. So your ability to be intimate, not sexually, but, it, you know, share your vulnerabilities is intimacy with the other person. Those are also things, um, how simple things might seem with the person. It's like, you know, when, when you're in a relationship and things just flow easily, mm-hmm. you don't have to work so hard at it and, and stuff like that, that, that helps, uh, when you like each other's, uh, uh, family, when you like, e- when your family supports your union, that, that works 
better too. When you like each other's friends uh, and your friends support the relationship. So it's you within the social context of your life as well. It's not just you and your partner in a bubble. Mm -hmm. That's fantasy. That's not in the real world. So you, you need to be able to see how do you both um, connect to the real world and does it all mesh together? I guess that's like another like huge, or that just adds to like why in-person stuff is really important. Well, I <laughs> like think you can't is, find that yeah. stuff out just like texting. And... You know, you're in a bubble when you're texting. That's the problem. So when you have an online relationship, it's you and the other person in a bubble. You do not witness them in, like, you can't even judge. How how do they treat other people? You don't mm-hmm. know. You're not seeing how they're treating wait staff. You're not seeing how they are with their friends or their family or things like that. Like, you, you there's a ton of information that's missing. That's a huge, that's a huge one. I, I think that's, like, pretty underrated. And I think like one reason why a meal or like going out to eat is such a good first date is like you really see how people interact with like wait staff. Yes. People around them, just like spatial awareness, like mm-hmm. things like this. Like I, I think that says a lot about a person I want to be with. Right. So imagine you're sitting across, you go for dinner and you're sitting across from, from, this date and all he does is look around and looking at all the other women in the room. What is that going to mm-hmm. tell you? Do you are you going right. to see that online? You're never going to see that online. Right. But right. You right. You will right. be able to pick that up when you're um, with that person. You know, they're do you think with like, your... so like, do you feel like with all this, like online dating, like all that stuff is obviously very, very like delayed. Right. Because we become a little bit more invested in a person before seeing all those things. True. So like, is it like, is it fucking up dating at all? Like, uh, in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. Uh, I think it allows us a little more time. Like it's okay now to get to know somebody a little better online. Mm-hmm. Um, first, I just wouldn't spend months and months and months, uh, on, just online. Like yeah, that the sooner the better is is still my my motto. Uh, obviously, during the pandemic and and lockdowns and all that mm-hmm, stuff, it mm-hmm. wasn't easy to do. So, people had uh, um, video dates and, and so other things that you can see the person in their context. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see uh, oh his oh my god her house is a pigsty or his you know like you could mm-hmm, see mm-hmm. other bits of information. Not that that's enough, but still. Um, so again, so you think I, like, so, so you think like a dating app or like a social media site or whatever is a great place to like make that initial connection. Right. And then like pretty much as soon as you possibly can meet in person, if, I, if, yes. if you're trying to like really get to know someone. Absolutely. And spending and meeting people that are, that are so far away from you. This is where so easy to get scammed, right? You're talking about like catfishing before, Mm -hmm. but you know, somebody reaches out and they're like in Europe and you're in North America. Why the fuck would you want to have a start a relationship with someone like that? I'm seeing this actually a lot more and more. And I guess part of it is kind of like, duh, like where there is opportunity, of course, scammers are going to show up. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm seeing this a lot where people are getting catfished and scammed or like someone will be, you know, this is happening to a lot of my friends actually, where they'll talk to someone online. Um, and like, you know, a few conversations in or a few days of conversation in and like, they're like, Oh, my grandmother's sick. And can you just send me like an iTunes card or like, you know, and, and they, I think they are getting a little bit better than that, than what I just said, but like, it's, it's really common. And I'm actually kind of like really surprised at, I I don't, I'm kind of surprised at how much, it's how naive we are. Some of my friends are, and how much like they're not actually. It's not always as obvious to them, and I'm wondering if it's because you know, for me, an outsider, it's easier for me to be like, "Ha, that's a catfish." 
or because like I'm not emotionally invested in this at all. Like, is it because they've they've built a little bit of a relationship yes. talking yes. to them? And so now they're like so hopeful that it's real or yes. and in fact, people should know this because I, I, I talked about this on an, a podcast where there's companies, catfishing companies. So mm-hmm. where that you sign up to a website actually, right? And you're you they make you think that you are this is mostly the catfish men. They make mm-hmm. you think that the the guy's talking to uh, uh, you know pretty pretty thing that and they and they make it so that you think she's in your neighborhood. So the location mm-hmm. they play around with the location, and they do their research like who's this person you know because you send them information when you sign up and everything, and then they start you start paying for text messaging to be able to text message whatever. And then when they start asking, well, you live really close. Can we go on a date or what have you? They make up some excuse and they, so they're getting you by signing up to this service or this Mm -hmm. website talking a dating, kind of a dating service, but it's happening in like in Nigeria is where they're located, you know, and it's a guy on the other end using stock photos and stuff. And so it's a whole, there's a whole industry of catfishing now. And so, and it's happening, but but it's also happening on like Tinder and like Hinge, yeah, you know, yeah. just like these, it's not even like a dating site. Like it's, or I mean, it's a dating site, but it's not even like you have to pay to sign up, you know, right. it's just like a regular place that you would legitimately meet people. So part of it is you, we have to do our due diligence, right? Mm-hmm. If the person has zero online presence, you should worry, right? Okay. Like if you, if you find out, who they are and you can't find them anywhere, not on LinkedIn, not on, uh, on Facebook or Instagram or anywhere. Uh, you should ask yourself questions of who are these, like, where do they exist? You mm-hmm. want to check out their photos. Like there's so many things you could do today, right? You could do a, an image search mm-hmm. with a photo and see, mm-hmm. is it a stock photo? Is it something that's coming that's somewhere on the internet? Right. So there's that. Like so a reverse people, image. Yeah, or... reverse image. Because people steal other people's pictures, right? They'll steal even a, a, a online, like from an online um, profile, they, they will steal your picture. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's problematic. Obviously, uh, anyone who asks you for explicit images, you should worry about. Anyone okay. who asks you for money, any amount of money, that is your biggest red flag. You should never... No matter how much they tell you they're in love with you, because sometimes these catfishers spend a few months grooming. Yeah. Remember, they're grooming multiple people. So they're grooming you. They're making you feel like you are the love of their life and you're going to travel across the world to meet them. And, you know, they're going to come here or whatever it is, but it's all a ruse. Right. And then at some point they'll say, you know, I just lost my job, but I really want to come see you. Can you send me the money to buy my ticket? And da, da, da. anyway, and then they disappear and, and, and that's mm-hmm. the thing. So, but like at that, I think like, yeah, obviously if someone asks you for money, like that's already, like that's the biggest red flag of all, but yeah, like, of course. so you're saying like before that you should always check to see if their pictures are real by doing like this reverse image. Yeah. And check up to and see then if they have the a online presence. Thing. Exactly. Like if they have a profile on Insta and they have four followers, you know, you know that they it's just suspicious. recently created that, right. It's suspicious. Like this is either just made and now they're like, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. So like there's some things that you just have to realize are, can be a bit suspicious. Yeah. This should, it's such a new problem. And I think it's like really interesting how like kids in school now are, you know, they have these like internet literacy classes. Yes. Not about like online dating, but like just scammers in general and like how to like read an ad, you know, and this is not a problem like you and I grew up with. Like we, you know, (laughs) yeah. And, And nowadays, scam scams are everywhere like everything we get you know i open up a text message now and like i'm it's like supposedly for my bank oh, and i'm like that's right this might be not true this might be a scam so right. it's, and it's the crazy. literacy a part of it is i have aging parents and i have mm-hmm. to talk to them about it because they're the vulnerable ones right for sure, yeah for those scams but the romance scams are interesting because they also pick vulnerable 
mm-hmm. kind of vulnerable women, right? I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how they get to them, but there's a whole... Like listen, Facebook and... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to be like super careful. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah this kind so of literacy let's say, is... Yeah. Let's say you meet someone online and it's not a scam, okay? okay. And let's be like... Hopefully it's not. Do all the yeah. right things. Right. You have a great profile. They have a great profile. You meet each other right away or like as soon as possible. Um, you know, you're on this date. You're having a great time. And I think another way the world is different now, like we were just saying, is like the whole, you know, matters around consent. And like we talk a lot about, I think there are a lot of things nowadays that back, you know, 10 years ago, maybe we would have just gone home and considered that was a bad date or like, um, ew, that guy was like, kind of pushy, but whatever, right. moving on. I think a lot of times now, like, it's just, um, I don't know how to say this. Like, it's just, it's not as accepted. We're not, we're not really accepting that kind of behavior anymore. But I think it's also like, I'm in no way like being like, you know, um, like an apologist for these people. But I, on the same note, like, I do think it is a really confusing time For guys, especially when it comes to making the first move. And like, I myself am also confused. Like, like, for example, like when you, when you go in for a first kiss, let's say your date is going great, Mm -hmm. right? It's the end of the evening. And like, you're going in for that first kiss, you know, 10 years ago, it would have been five years ago, even like, it would have been like, you just kind of go in for it. Like, (laughs) and like. Either she kisses you back or she doesn't. and Or maybe she kisses you back and then, like, she doesn't even want to, but she's just getting it over with. Like, you know, mm. it, it's different now. Like, do you – is a kiss something, like, you're supposed to ask consent for? I think so. I, I think if you want to be safe, you mm-hmm. ask for, you know, may I kiss you? At, at one time, that might have been a very romantic gesture. Mm-hmm. You know, may I kiss you? May I hold your hand? You know, these are it, – it shows respect. It shows like you care that the other person wants to or not. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think it's a habit we need to get into anyway. Mm-hmm. Like I just think that, you know, we need to learn that, no, we should ask when we are invading into someone else's space just to make sure that they're okay with it. Because the signals, you know, like that's the problem is we can misinterpret signals or it's just better safe just be safe you know safer than like and and you know i'm i'm like at at this point like i'm of the old older generation like and my gut instinct is like oh my god that's so unromantic like and that's so not like spontaneous at all like i like it's it's just it's so I don't know, like, do I want someone asking me every time they kiss me? Like, No, but what about but, saying something? But hold on, there's a way of mm-hmm. saying it, right? So okay. well, I remember, and listen, I'm way older than you. So like 30 years ago, when I met my husband, I re- he specifically said, he looked at me and he said, I'd love to kiss you right now. Ah, I, th- I thought that was very romantic. That and is I, different. Right. That and I, I, so, then, so that would be a way to get consent as well. Sure. Right. Cause then my response was go for it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> totally. I would love to hear someone say, I'd love to kiss you right now. Like okay. that to me is Isn't that romantic sweet? and hot. Exactly. There you go. It's not like sign on the dotted line that I can kiss you, you know? <laughs> and like, now that I'm thinking it, it's, you know what, that it's, it's also that that's just part of like, I think I'm so I think a lot of us are so groomed to feel like talking about sex is uncomfortable and awkward and not sexy. Like that's just how we grew up that like, I I think like it's just up to us to change that, I guess. And the new, the, the younger and younger generations, as we have more and more conversations with them about sexuality, about healthy relationships, uh, about media literacy, porn literacy, all of this stuff, we're going to see the tides turning a little bit and we're going to have mm-hmm. a hopefully a generation that are far more aware of all of these issues um maybe far more 
careful uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it will change the way we do things. Do you feel like once like once like okay so let's say we're on that date he says I'd love to kiss you I'm like yeah go for it or mm-hmm. whatever and then we're kissing like is it Obviously, it's not just game on from there on because it's not like right. just because you're kissing, you want like someone's like digging your ass or whatever. <laughs> like, Definitely you know, not. Yeah, like not necessarily, <laughs> right? Um, Definitely not. Shockingly. But like, so like, is the right thing to do to like kind of check in every time you progress to the next level? You're supposed to. That's yeah. the way we teach consent now. So yeah. consent to one thing doesn't mean consent to another. So if I consent to penis in my vagina, I did not consent to penis in my ass. Sure. Or even right? in my mouth. Or in my or anywhere else, right? Yeah. You, you can't just shove it there just because you think, well, I'll, you know, whatever, because you went here, you get to go here. That's mm-hmm. just not the way it's going to go. So yes, you need to obtain consent along the way. It's, uh, but unfortunately it's, it, you know, because we're not taught and because what people are exposed to, even through erotica and pornography and all of that, it's like those conversations are, ha- are being had off screen. Mm-hmm. They're not being had on screen. So mm-hmm. what ends up happening is they're not seeing how mm-hmm. to have that conversation. And that becomes a bit problematic, right? Right. On the sexual wellness site, we did a, a, a video. I think there might be a video on there about how to obtain consent or how to talk about that, like in that moment, you know, because mm-hmm. that's what we don't learn. Yeah, totally. It's, I, I mean, even me, like it's, it's hard to like, I'm like, where is the line? Like, what is the right thing to do? And like, it's just so it's really interesting like how on an intellectual level I'm like yeah duh of course we have to ask for consent like right right you know and I I think like even on the other end of that right like saying I think it's really cool to see that like I think the younger generation is get better at saying no mm-hmm. I think um you know for I know like even me personally, there have been many times where I said yes when, not that I meant no, but perhaps I didn't want to say yes. You know so what I mean? There's that, so that that's why the definition of consent is enthusiastic consent, mm-hmm. right? Where you say, yeah, I'm totally into it. And you have to always have the right to say no midway if you're not comfortable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can always remove consent at any time. Mm-hmm. So these are, you're right about the the conversations. This is before we even get there. We have to be able to learn how to talk about sexuality, right? How to talk, right? And you're talking about consent to little kids, meaning you teach them the basics of consent. Meaning, um, can I take your toy? Can I play with that toy? Right. We're not talking about sex, obviously, but can Mm -hmm. I, you know, is it okay if I, you know, uh, uh, skip rope with you or whatever it is. So you're already teaching the foundations of, of consent, asking for permission, asking, Mm -hmm. you know, not just grabbing somebody's hand, but asking if I can hold your hand, things like that. So if we can get into that, it'll be a lot easier as we evolve and as we can teach teenagers about the sexual part of consent, et cetera, et cetera. Totally. And, Th- and that's we where we women need- too. Yeah. That's where we're all, we've already been going wrong. And like, yeah, like I think we are just now starting to think about things like that. Like, you know, I mean, this is, people talk about this all the time, but like how we force our, we used to force our kids to like give grownups a hug. Yes, right? exactly. Go give grandma a kiss or uncle a exactly. kiss. And, no, I don't want to. And then we like, no, you have to. <laughs> right. So right. we we are taught from a very young age that sometimes it's rude to say no. And that's bad. Like we should yeah. always, it's true. Like we should always, we should learn from a young age that saying no is an option, especially when and, it comes to your own body. Like, And especially to, to women who have historically been taught not to make a scene, right? 
We've mm-hmm. been taught not to make a scene. We've been taught that we have to be good girls and we mm-hmm. have to, you know, and if grownups tell you or whatever. So we are not really taught that assertiveness of, no, this is my body. No, you cannot go near. Like we, so we have to start teaching younger kids how to use their voice. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I, my kids are already in their 20s, but I remember when they were young, we used to practice how to say no. You know, if somebody did mm-hmm. something they didn't like, I, I would teach them to yell, you know, mm-hmm. as loud as they can. Uh, so if something is, and you need to get attention from someone or somebody, you need help, you're not going to freeze. You're going to, you're going to use your voice and it's okay to use your voice. That's actually a really good idea. Like you mean like almost like in a role play, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like practicing it's. Yeah. That's such good advice because even like even in couples therapy with my husband, and this is like not even about, you know, sex or autonomy or anything like that at all. But like a lot of times our couples therapist has us like literally recite a script to each other. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, whenever like she first gives us this script, like, you know, on the matter of and, and, and it'll be something like you made me feel really invalidated and unseen when you said this and it really hurt my feelings. And it feels like so dumb and like we're just like reciting these words that aren't ours in the beginning. But then when we have that language and we've used it a couple of times, even if it was in this forced situation that felt corny, like this is our real language now. And like now we're so comfortable with it. And it really just takes like getting comfortable with it. And like, it makes me think of even like, since I've been in porn, I have had to have these talks about sex in a much more like cold and like not sexy way. Right. Like, like you said before every scene, we say, just so you know, I don't like it like that. I don't like being on top. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't do this. I don't do that. And while it is in the beginning, it's like uncomfortable. Like I'm so good at it now simply because I've had practice doing it. Exactly. So in a relationship, imagine if you never tell your partner what you like Mm -hmm. and you feel pressured to like what they're doing, like in other words, you know, to come or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. So you start to fake your orgasms. Mm -hmm. So at which point do you actually start telling them not to do that thing that doesn't make them caught, you know, and that you're not getting what you need for your orgasm. So you can't just keep faking it. That's like, you're never going to get your needs met that way. I think the best thing I ever heard, one of the best things I've ever heard regarding that is like, it's so easy for us to say like, I'm really cold or it's too hot in here for me. Or like, I'm going to take my jacket off because it's hot. And like, it's so easy for us to say when we're on, when our body is uncomfortable Mm -hmm. in a non-sexual setting. Right. Or like, Oh, you have another chair. Like this one's really uncomfortable or whatever. Right. But when it comes to sex, like we are so bad at being like, Ooh, I really don't like my clit licked that way. Right. Right. Like sucked on too hard or whatever. Like it's, it's, um, and and we have to learn that we mm -hmm. have to learn to be able to talk um, about and owning our sexuality. And if, you know, the person isn't happy with it, what the hell with them? Like, yeah, like this is not, this is your body. And what are you having sex for anyway? Isn't it for your pleasure? You're you're entitled to pleasure as much as your partner's entitled to pleasure. So Mm -hmm. why would you deprive yourself of that when maybe your partner is saying, Hey, I don't know, suck my dick. I like that, you know, or whatever you should be able to say, well, wait a minute. I really like oral sex too. And I'd like you to do that to me. Right, right, right. There is a bit so of a an, gap there. Another thing I wanted to talk about, like, about like courtesy and dating and, and that's something that's like really, I think, specific to this like modern age is I'm seeing a lot of my friends who are on dating apps getting ghosted. So meaning what I mean by ghosted, like in case anyone doesn't know, which is probably impossible, but like, you know, like they're talking to someone, maybe they've met up, maybe they haven't, they're talking pretty regularly. And then one day they just don't reply and they never reply again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is so common Mm -hmm. and it's like, it happens in all different degrees. Like sometimes you've just been talking for a little while and sometimes like 
these people have like shared really intimate details about their lives with this person and then they're just gone. And I think I know. I can kind of understand it. I think I'm a little bit guilty of like a lighter version of this because it's, I'm, you know, pretty non-confrontational. So like in general, so like to me, it's always easier to just do like a slow fade out rather than <laughs> having that difficult conversation of like, Hey, That's like it was nice knowing you, but like, no thanks. Right. right. So to the person that is inclined naturally inclined to ghost. Like what is the best way to reject someone? I guess is what I'm asking you. Like, you know, I think being, I think the most, um, the way to do it with the most integrity is to be mm -hmm. honest and to say, look, it's not working for me. And, and I just wanted, uh, this is it, you know, I just wanted mm -hmm. you to know, and I didn't want to just disappear and, and ghost you. So uh, listen, you're not always going to get closure. Mean? That's huh? like so that's like so obviously the way to do it and again intellectually I know that that's true I don't know why that's so cuz it's hard to reject hard. people it's not easy rejecting people it's why? Not, nobody likes to do it because nobody wants to, if you're a good person nobody wants to make the other person feel bad you know it's like and there's a selfish reason is i don't want to i don't want to get any questions i don't want to be bothered you know yeah so sure. it depends on where you're where you're sitting from there it depends sometimes it's just simply i don't want to i feel like i don't want to hear the hurt of the other person mm -hmm. and um again you know are we missing the social skills necessary to yeah. be able to do this nicely and is it our technology allows for it much easier now so sending off a text sure. message is a lot easier than making a phone call sure when we, when we didn't have cell phones we used to have to call people you know you didn't just disappear somebody just disappeared you would think that they were dead or something because you couldn't like you didn't you know couldn't find it's not like you see them active on facebook so you know right. they're alive right you wouldn't know it would be like where did that person go you'd start calling hospitals i guess <laughs> you know? that's the other end of that is nowadays when we're getting ghosted we're really aware of it because we see yeah. them on instagram exactly exactly <laughs> it's worse right it's like oh well at sure. least if if the person got hit by a truck and died. Okay. It's not really their fault. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like not when they're purposely rejecting you. <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess that's true, but yeah, I guess the, the answer is so obvious, right? It's so easy to just be a decent person and be like, Hey, thanks for yeah. the time, but you it's just, just not working be, out for me. It's about being mindful of this and being thoughtful. And sometimes we just take the easy way out. You know, I and know. I suppose that's another thing where like the more times you say it, the more used to it you can be, like the more natural yeah. it can come to you. I think, I, I feel like through our conversation, I'm just like realizing that like so many of these things are actually, it's just that we're not used to saying some things. And if right. the more, it's because like the more we say them, the more normal they are. Exactly. So, exactly. And, and yeah. that's the same with with anything. The more you openly talk about your sexuality and sex, sex in general, the easier it gets. Mm -hmm. You know, people talking to your own kids about sex, the more you do it, the less uncomfortable it is, the less awkward it is. The, mm -hmm. So all, all of it is a matter of getting used to something. Uh, right. And, but you have to take those little risks and sometimes you got to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. And, you know, that's the way to, to get there. Where do you think people like meet outside of dating apps now? And this is actually a real, real question that I discuss with my friends constantly. And like, we really don't have an answer. Like where, like if you're like, let's say you are on a dating app, but you want like some alternative way to like meet people. Like, I mean, I guess the obvious is like going to a bar or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but, like, not the best. Through not friends. Best? Okay. No, going to a bar, it's like, uh, again, it's a, you know, it's, you may think it's organic, but it really isn't because it's just that all of your options are in front of you. So you're like mm -hmm. in your mind going swipe, 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 swipe. Sure. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, that one, I might talk to that person, but then that person has to want to talk to you. And so it becomes like, it, it's, yeah, I think, I, I personally think the best way is through friends. So let your friends know that you're looking and say, Hey, mm -hmm. if you know anybody, and then if this person knows somebody and, and so you can meet in that way, 
uh, getting I mean, involved. that is the ideal way for sure. Cause then they yeah. come in with like a built-in referral. Exactly. Exactly. Right off the bat. Yeah. Oh, Other ways like- too is getting involved, like get involved in community, get involved in activities that you really enjoy. Part of the problem we talked about in the beginning is people are home all the time. They do nothing mm-hmm. except they, they don't leave their homes. So get out, like go do stuff, you know, join a, a I don't know, a community um baseball league or a community bowling league or whatever volunteer go to or whatever group or or yeah. volunteer somewhere or get out there like do and meet like-minded people and usually like if you're if you love the outdoors join a, a nature group if you um i don't know love uh books join a book club so there are different ways go where there's the people that you would connect with would most likely be, right? But what if you're a home, okay, this is selfishly asking for myself, but mm-hmm. like, okay, like, and and this, you know, I'm even, I think this also applies to like friendship. I'm constantly saying like, it's so hard to meet friends as an adult, especially me. I work from home. I'm a yeah. homebody, you yeah. know, like I, I really enjoy being at home. I'm an indoors person and all my friends, like my already established friends are also like very much indoor people. Like that's who I get along with. So like, well, that, where... that's, but you're not suffering that way. Right. So <laughs> if you have your, your friends value the same thing you do, you probably will meet people through your kids or through, you know, like there's, as we get older, we meet friends in different ways. Some of my closest friends I only met at the age of 50 mm-hmm. who are now my closest friends because we all went on a, you know, we went on this trip and it was like, these were the women that were on the trip and whatever. So I know plenty of people who do it that way, right? Who have met right. in that way. So there, you make friends differently. Like you have your childhood friends, then mm-hmm. it's up to you to maintain contact. And then you can have, you can make new friends depend, but they're all dependent on the interests that you have. Mm -hmm. Usually the friends we make later in life, we share something in common, not Mm -hmm. just the fact that we were in high school together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something, something to that effect. That's interesting though, that like, I haven't, I haven't really thought of that, like get involved in like an activity or a hobby or yeah, like some kind of volunteer or whatever. Like that is a great place or a great way to like organically meet people. Like Absolutely. That's what I tell, you know, most people. It doesn't have to be this cuz like, you know, whenever I'm in these conversations, we're like, what are we supposed to do or like not we, but like what are you supposed to do? Like go speed dating? Like <laughs> well, I guess it doesn't have to be like that's yeah, not- like it doesn't have to be a dating centric thing. No, like, no, it doesn't. I, I don't yeah. think so. If you and then it's it becomes a little more organic. Unfortunately, I, you know I can talk to you all day, Asa. We we you and I we can talk all day, but I have patience to see. <laughs> you have a real job. You have to get. I to. have another job. I have to get to. But I want to do this with you regularly because we yeah, have fun. Do we, it. We, yeah, we have a lot of fun. I, I love doing talking this. with you as well. So yeah, like I think it, uh, that's awesome. Um, thank you so much for for being with us today. And my um, pleasure. We'll see you soon, Doctor Lori. All right. Take care.